three. Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott, and I'm here with my co-host, Coach Manchie, and we're going to talk summer training today for all of our coaches out there. But before we do, Coach, who lives like we do? We do. It's Kenny Chesney night from Coach Bott. So I have been up this morning. I am fired up. And part of my day, I'm, I'm jacked up to talk to you. I wanted to make sure I, I gave you my complete energy this morning. But holy smokes, Coach, we're, we're uh, lots of stuff going on. And I'm jacked up. But we got summer training to talk about. And it's right around the corner for our coaches. Yeah, summer's a big time for, you know, every high school program and, you know, colleges around. And it's, uh, it's a great opportunity. And kids got a lot on their plate nowadays, Brian. And, uh, you know, I just love it that you're going to the concert because it's this time of year, it's spring going into summer. And, you know, it, it's just a quick reminder to all of our listeners out there. You gotta, you gotta take a vacation. You know, you gotta get some time away. I see too many times kids are, you know, the whole grinding thing is, you know, it's like every day, they got to do a lot, you know, it's, you know, every day you can do a little bit and be very successful as, as well, but you got to unplug sometimes, get a vacation, spend that family time, you know, as parents, you know, as, as an athlete, you know, cherish those times with your parents, your family, and, you know, summer is an excellent opportunity for that. You got grill outs, you got people are going to cottages, you got people taking vacations, you, just people have a little bit more time on their hands and, not only that, there's people are just in better moods now. You know, the pandemic's been, you know, a, a lot better and people are getting outside and, and having the most opportunities. So please, everyone, it's athletes. You get this all the time from athletes is if you take a week vacation, you're not going to fall behind. You're yeah. just not going to. I think, Dean, that, that's a great message. And I think for our coaches as well, I think the last couple of years have been really hard on coaches. They've been hard on parents. They've been hard on adults and, and spend that time, you know, find some time to spend with your kids, find some time to spend with your spouse coaches, you know, and, you know, male or female, whatever, whatever you do, you know, things like that, find times to get away from it and, and make sure that, that you're focused when you're away on, on being away. I think, I struggled with this for a long time. And my wife has helped me out a, a ton with this is that when it's time to unplug, it's time to unplug. But at the same time, coaches, when it's time to go, it's time to go. Right. You know, Joe brought that up on our podcast a while back, Dean, make the main thing, the main thing. So whatever you're into, that's what you need to be focused on being the here and now, Kenny, obviously said another, another reference, Dean, I had to throw that in there. Um, but just um, be where your feet are and, and things like that. And our feet, you know, are coming real close to summer training, Dean. And, you know, we want to give our coaches, you know, this isn't really program design, so to speak, but we want to give our coaches some insight on how to begin setting up your summer program. Now, a lot of people have them set up, but we want to kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what it takes to set up summer programs, some of the external factors that we're dealing with as coaches now that maybe we didn't have to deal with 20 years ago. I mean, you know, you can really speak to that, obviously. Um, talk about AM training. And then we want to talk about staying away from Fridays, you know, for your training, stuff like that. And then just kind of defining what your focus and purpose is. And so first one, Dean, we want to talk about, you know, initially setting up a quality summer program. And I kind of want to take the lead a little bit on this. You know, you really should have three to four goals on what you want to get out of your summer program. And so that comes down to knowing your kids. And so you have to know your kids. You have to know 
your athletes, most, most of our listeners or yeah, most of our listeners are going to be high school coaches or people in the private sector. So you're dealing with a multitude of athletes. Obviously, if you're dealing with one sport like football or, or, or baseball or basketball, you know, you have a, a small pocket that you have to focus on, but most of us are dealing with a multitude of athletes. And so thinking about the summertime, that is your most, I would say, defined time where everyone has the opportunity to train like it's they're in the off season. So three to four days a week. And so setting up a quality program goes to one, knowing your athletes, you have to know who you're working with. Um, two, you have to know what's coming up next. So some of your athletes may not be in a fall sport. Some of your athletes may be in a fall sport and then defining, you know, your goals. And so for us at sports advantage, you know, we have three or four things that we focus on in our summer training. The first one is we want to increase their absolute speed. So we want to get them to be able to run as fast as they possibly can. Okay. The second thing, and I think a lot of you that follow us on social understand, we put a lot of emphasis in the jump training. Okay. The jump training and our, our kids are having incredible results with that is power production. Okay. Jumping is the easiest way for these kids to learn how to produce force and develop power. And the last one, we want to get them as strong as we can. Okay. We want, we want to get them as strong as we can. So our programs are set up to try and enhance those markers. That could be different for our listeners, Dean, you know, some, some people are dealing with different type of athletes. So from your perspective at Kimberly or the high school, you know, what are some things that, that you look at when setting up your programs in the summer? Well, Brian, those are all things that we're <laughs> not doing the absolute speed, the strength, you know, we're going to try and increase their power output and all that. I think the biggest difference is these kids, athletes nowadays are so pulled in every direction and that, you know, that you got most of your, for example, let's just use football. For example, the football players is probably going to be playing some basketball or some baseball or doing some track. So kids have so much on their plate. You have contact days, you know, so every sport has contact days. You know, there's plenty of opportunities to go to camps and clubs and, and to get better and refine their their technique in whatever sports or their skills that they do. So a lot of them are just so active. They're going to tournaments on weekends and, and they're hitting that and they're traveling, not only in just in the state, but they're going out of state as well. So kids are very busy. Parents are very busy. And I think when you start thinking about a summer program, coaches, you got to keep it simple first. You, you got to make sure it's simple. You, you can't be throwing lots of new crazy ideas at kids and stressing them out even more because they're already doing a ton of different things and they're juggling lots of different things. And most athletes are trying to please their coaches and, you know, and if they have something, they have an, a situation and where the coaches want them to do this or do that to get better, they're going to do it because obviously they want to be one of those people that, you know, can contribute to their team and enhance their athletic skills and give them the best opportunity to get more playing time as well. So coaches setting up summer programs, they know we got to get together with all the coaches that are going to be involved. And that takes a huge amount of communication. It takes a huge amount of time. And then you have to, for example, if you're a head strength conditioning coach or an owner of a business like yourself, you got to put those people in the best situation where they can help develop the kids. So for example, if somebody's, you know, got a little bit better knowledge on mobility or a, 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 they're really into the speed. Maybe they're a track coach that happens to help out with your summer program. You, you utilize everybody's strengths to help enhance your program so the athletes get the best out of the summer program. 
And I think that's one of the biggest things. Or, hey, what if you're a new coach and you're coming on board? You just come out of college, you got hired by a school district, or you just got, you know, hired by Sports Advantage. You know, what can those people bring to your program? And then maybe if what what is your program lacking? You know, I always say I want people to challenge me and say, hey, why are we doing what we're doing? And when we talk all the time, we'll have those conversations, Brian. I say, why did you put that exercise in? Well, you know, so-and-so has been doing it. They've been getting great results. We've been kind of experimenting with it. We've been doing a little post-activation potentiation. And boom, the data doesn't lie. We're getting great. And you know what? The kids love it. And we got to remember, sometimes we put things in programs just because the kids enjoy it. And they love it. And it helps motivate them. I think one of the biggest things I've learned, you know, from talking to NFL strength coaches, Brian, is they come from all different backgrounds and they've done tons of different training modalities and programs, you know, they're veterans and it'll come down to them as they're working individually with those guys. And if they think this exercise has got them to that level and they want to continually do that and they're good at it, why not let them do it? Because not only is it good for their body, but it's also good for their brain. Their brain thinks, hey, I have to do this in order for me to be very powerful. And the other person, obviously, as you get older, maybe injuries creep in. you got to work around those things. You know, Tom Brady, and there's been a lot of social media about his band training routine. Right. You know, and you guys do a ton of bands. We do a ton of bands with a conjugate system. And that's a great way to save on the joints. And look at the longevity, and it really helps with mobility. I mean, we can go on and on, you know, what bands can do to enhance mobility and increase strength and power and everything else. So getting those people in the, in the positions, meet, making sure you're organized. What are your numbers? What, what are your coaches that are helping? I mean, you do the same thing at Sports Advantage. Sometimes you get two, three people. Sometimes it's a smaller group. Sometimes it's a bigger group. Make sure it's efficient so kids are moving. And then you're hitting on all those areas that you want to hit on. I think, Dean, one of my favorite terms that you use is you guys call it training like sharks, right? Because you want the kids to come in and you want them to get as much done as you can without wasting their time. And so I think that's really important. And the other you know, point that you touched on that I really like is when you're in a school scenario or even a private sector, finding out where your coach's strengths are and putting them in position to lead using their strengths. Because again, we all have our strengths. Um, a lot of times in high schools, you may have one or two people that strength and conditioning is their strength, but you may have other coaches that are, they want to be servant leaders. And, and we appreciate anybody that comes that wants to help. Now it's your job. If, if you're running the weight room, if you're in charge of scheduling, whatever, figuring out where the person can be the most successful not only for the kids, but for themselves, because we all know as coaches, we're going to coach harder things that we're confident in and coach that we, that, that we have passion for. And so if you're not really familiar with the weight room, but like you said, if you're, you know, maybe you're really into the corpus and holler stuff and, and you're really into the speed stuff and, and things like that. And you're like, Hey, I want to help out. Okay. Let's sit down and figure out where you can make a difference and make our program better. I think Dean, you would attest your summer programs change every year, every based, year, based on the need of the kids and based on the people you have working for you. So the copy and paste days are using Nebraska strength or Wisconsin football strength program. If you're doing that, you're, you're swinging and missing right now. Okay. Because you can't, you can't run somebody else's program in your gym. 
You just can't. You, you don't have 100% the modalities, the equipment, um, the staff that they have, and you, you just can't run it. Even you and I, Dean, like we talk every day. I, don't, I can't run Kimberly's strength program at Sports Advantage, and you can't run Sports Advantage's program at Kimberly. Now, do we take ideas? Absolutely. We figure out where to plug them in. The other thing you touched on, Dean, that I really think is important that as coaches, we have to, you know, take a step back from and realize that this is really important is the external factors these kids have pulling them in different directions. And if you're a sport coach, you have to understand that you can't have this dilemma both ways. You can't tell your kids to play multiple sports and then monopolize them in the summer. So if, if, if I have a kid and I'm the football coach and I'm saying, hey, I really think that I want you to play multiple sports because I believe that's going to help with injury prevention. It's going to make you a better athlete, things like that. But in the summer, I don't want you playing AAU basketball. I want you here with us. And in the summer, I don't want you either running track or playing baseball because I want you here with us. You can't do that. And if it hurts your feelings, uh, I'm sorry, but not sorry. Uh, these kids, we need them playing multiple sports. And coming to, to do seven on seven, four or five days a week and not allowing them to do other sports is not fair to the athlete. And you're only hurting them in the long run. So the other part on that, Dean, is we have to realize that because they're doing so many things, they have open gyms, they have seven on seven, you know, things like that. The days of heavy running conditioning and like blowing kids' doors off with, with summer conditioning is over with. They don't need that anymore. They don't need it as much, I should say, anymore because they're doing all this other stuff. I mean, what do you see at the high school level with that? Well, I, I, you know, the biggest thing I think from when I started coaching until now is, you know, now there's so many more opportunities for athletes, Brian, with out there with all the tournaments. And, you know, back then people weren't traveling all over the nation and playing softball and volleyball and you know, soccer and, and just, just about every sport nowadays, you know, that's the way it is. So, you know, there was a situation in where you had to get a lot of kids in shape because they weren't as active, but nowadays we're in a totally different situation. And it's the situation. If you do that, and if you run kids into the ground in the summer, you you're doing a huge disservice and you're probably just wearing them down even more. And their chance of injury just got a lot worse. So you have to make sure coaches, you know, giving kids a good workout. And this is hard for athletes to think too, because sometimes athletes think, Hey, if I'm about ready to puke or vomit and I'm totally exhausted that that's a great workout, but the true art and being a strength recognition coach, in my opinion, at least is you want to give a good enough workout where there's some adaptations and therefore the athlete gets, comes out of the workout better than what they came in. They're not fatigued and they can continue to come in the other two days a week. Cause we like, we like to go three days a week. Everyone's a little bit different yep. and that just seems to work with us. We go with a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday split, but I know some people go five days. Some people go four, some people go, you know, it's totally up to the people that they run their program. And that obviously is going to change what you do during those days too. So the more days, you know, you're doing more things, you got to remember that coaches, but, you know, run and run and run and run in the basketball kid all summer because you're the football coach and is just hurting that individual because when they play a basketball game, the research says you're running three to five miles in one basketball game if you're playing most of the game. 
some of these kids are playing four or five games on a weekend tournament. Right, or back-to-back. So, obviously, they're going to be fatigued. And, you know, that's that's a big indicator. I know, Brian, you guys do the vertical jump is a great test, and you guys do it all year round to find out if kids are overtraining. You want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think, you know, Robert started with that at Edgewood in, in football. And basically, you bring the kids in once a week. You know, they do two vertical jumps. You know, if you're going to do it where they're – cold where they just come in and they jump so it's kind of what their resting state is you can do it that way or you can kind of lube them up warm them up for five or ten minutes and then jump them but whatever you do you have to do it the same every time so it's got to be consistent anything you measure has to be done the same way every you know every week and so what we see with that you'll be able to tell if kids are overtrained especially in the summer it's a great way to kind of look at it in the season, it's great to see maybe the kids got nicked up on, on a Friday night and he comes in on Monday and his jumps way down. We had that with a couple of our kids at Edgewood and um, it, it was a great way for communication with the coaches where we can say, hey, maybe you got to modify his practice plan this week so we're ready on Friday because at the end of the day, his, his competition in season becomes the most important thing. And I think from, from our perspective, anything we can do to collect data to see how our athletes are responding is, is imperative nowadays. So if you're not charting things, if you're not keeping track of, you know, your flying tens or your accelerations or, or, or your jumps or your strength movements, uh, you're just throwing darts at the dartboard. So we jump our kids every week, Dean. And I think a lot of people are seeing that now. And I think the results are speaking for themselves, but you know, another external factor you know, is vacations. And you touched on at the beginning and we see this a lot and it's something that has definitely got to change with our, with our coaches. You have to understand the summer it's important for these kids to do something with their family and families, parents. It's very important that you don't get, you don't feel the pressure to not take your kids on a vacation. Because at the end of the day, even AJ Klein said that AJ Klein said it was the best thing for him in the summer. And I've seen it with, you know, with, with kids and with families and you just don't know how long you're going to be, you know, with your family and and those memories and things like that. You know, we try and take a vacation once, once a summer, you know, with our family, every now and then we rotate it. Sometimes we have, you know, my wife and her kids and, and my kids and, and then her sisters. Sometimes it's just us, but not just from an unplugging standpoint, Dean. It's just your family is the most important thing in your life. And it should be. And coaches, we have to realize that we have to encourage kids to do that and not pressure them into feeling like they shouldn't be doing it. And I think it's something that we need. We all need to get better at. And I know you guys encourage that with your kids, which I think is just another reason why your culture is so strong at Kimberly. Yes. You know, we're in a situation, a lot of our um, student athletes, you know, being in the Fox Valley area have cottages up North or they have, you know, family members that may have a cottage, you know, and that time with grandma and grandpa, that time with your parents and your family members and getting up to that cottage and doing some fishing or doing some, you know, water skiing, whatever they decide to do, going out and getting some ice cream, you know, you have to do that stuff. And it, it's so important. I know when I talk to a lot of my athletes and, you know, talk about, hey, how'd your weekend go? 
And, you know, a lot of times it, it's cottages brought up, you know, or, and, and just spending that family time, you know, getting there with the friends and, and you have to do it. And we don't, we don't, it's one of the reasons why we, we go to a, a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday split because so many kids are gone over the weekend with tournaments, with their sports. And, and so, you know, if you get them on Friday and you're crushing them, a lot of times that's a travel day. Correct. If they're going out of town. And, and, and if it's one of those situations where they got that cottage, boy, they got Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. They come in Monday, they're fresh, they're ready to go. And we just look at it like we're going to have three days, but we want to have three great training days then. And we want it to be about quality and not quantity. And, you know, yes, if you're a fall sport athlete or a fall sport coach, this is your preseason. So it's very important. You know, you want to come into your season ready to go. And, you know, athletes, a lot of times they're going to have basketball contact days and they're going to have football, you know, contact days and they're going to have summer training and they're going to have all different types of sports and they're going to go and get some extra training at sports advantage or some quarterback training or, or volleyball or track training, whatever the, the situation is. So kids are getting pulled in lots of different directions. And you got to remember in the summer, it, it gets real hot. Look at what we just had these last couple of days. It's been you know, in the 80s, high 80s, extremely humid. And you can just tell even at practice right now, you know, you're out there in an hour and that with high humidity as kids are getting worn out. Hey, did the kid prepare? Did, did he bring water with them? Some kids do, some kids don't. We preach it all the time, but are you hydrated? You know, are you taking care of your body coming close to tournament time right now? You know, is everybody doing the things that we call controlling the controllables and taking care of your body and Therefore, we take care of our body. That helps our mind as well as an athlete and as a person. Dean, and, and as you touched on that, it got me thinking, you know, we both really like AM training. Love it. In the, in the summers, right? And I understand that, that sleep is a very important part of recovery for these kids and things like that. But so is showing up and eliminating excuses, Right. Um, you can sleep 10 hours, uh, you know, every night. If you're not in training, you're, you're not going to develop. So there's a trade-off in there. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about over the course of our long career together, Dean, right, is that there's no dentist appointments at 6 a.m. There, there's, there's no doctor's appointments. There's no any of this stuff at 6 a.m. And the things that I've seen with a.m. training, and this is why I love having sessions in the morning is it's the first thing that the kids do. So it's the first thing on their mind and no fault to the kids when they come in after school, but they've had a whole day of things that are going on, right? They had a math test. They may have had, you know, they, they may have went out for lunch with their buddies and something funny happened and, and kids natural, which we, you know, we love is that they want to interact with each other. So they're talking about what happened in the classroom. They're talking about so-and-so that got maybe got in trouble or so-and-so that, you know, something that happened when they're, so their focus isn't really on training right when they get there. We see that with like our kids right after school, they got, you know, they have so much energy from being in a classroom that they want to chat and stuff like that. That doesn't mean they don't work. There's just a little bit more distractions in there. If your session starts at five 30 or six, and we have a group at sports advantage that comes in at five 30 and, we have, and they're anywhere from 10 to 14 kids and they come and it's the same 10 to 14, four days a week, Monday through Thursday at 5.30. And I'm talking, Dean, we have two kids that are going to Iowa. 
We have one girl that's going to UWL, one girl that's going to St. Cloud State. We also have two sixth graders, and we also have four eighth graders. So they're not all these high-level athletes. Their, their aspirations are to be, and they're understanding the value of the first thing that you do for your day really is do something for yourself. And we preach that to coaches. Hey, get your workout in in the morning. But maybe you could speak from the high school perspective as to why getting your stuff done in the AMs, and then I'll lead into our next topic because they kind of go hand in hand. But at the end of the day, there's no excuses why you can't be there if it's the first thing in the morning. Well, let's just talk about, you know, coaches right now, Brian, because really we're both coaches right now. And what happened when you called me? I was finishing my workout. You were finishing your workout. We're you know, both yoked right now. We're just we're, we're, we both got yoked. a great pump in, and it's, <laughs> it's awesome for our well-being. I mean, you're, yeah. you're going to be going to a concert. I'll be doing yard work. Yeah. So, but you know, you get that you get that great pump in in the morning. You know, it's good for your body. You know, it's great for your brain. And I just the way I'm wired, I got to get it done right away. I think of my workout as an appointment. It'd be just like if I went to a doctor appointment, dentist appointment, whatever appointment that, hey, this is my priority right now. You know, the phone goes on silent. People want to leave a message. Great, but I'm not going to be interrupted. I'm going to get my workout done. And then when I'm done, I check and boom, you just happen to call me today. And hey, what are you doing? I just got done with my workout and, and everything like that. So I am a big AM person. And I think coaches out there too, and just parents. You know, we do it everything we can to help our athletes get better as coaches, as parents. We do everything we can to give our sons and daughters the best opportunity for them to succeed. But yet, a lot of times we don't take care of our own health. And I think that is, is so crucial because so many coaches are burning out. I think parents are starting to burn out with, you know, they're traveling with their kids going to tournaments on the weekends and you went through it. I went through it. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money. You know, there's, there's so many things that go out and all of a sudden, boom, your weekend's back. And if you're an adult, you're going back to your job right. and it, it just keeps cycling. And then you go into the next sport when you're in the youth athletics and so on. I just talked to my colleague, Jason Mangan right now, and he's got three, three daughters that are just starting to get to that age. They're doing the soccer, they're doing the basketball, they're doing the ball. It's just dance. And it's one thing after another. And, you know, it can be very, you know, tough on parents as well, but AM, I get it done right away. I think our kids, to be honest, they, most of our kids, I would say 80% of our kids want to do the same thing, especially in the summer. It well, only tell, tell the stories about like you guys showing up and there's a hundred kids waiting for you guys. I mean, they're, they're waiting and we're getting there early and kids want to get there, get their workout done. And it only gets hotter. If it's, if it was like 88 degrees yesterday and humid, just think what it's like at three o'clock when we had yeah. a practice, it was at the hottest part of the day. Right. And so it's cooler in the morning. So that's better just for the health of the athlete because there's less chance of heat stroke and, you know, all, all the heat type of illnesses, right. You know, and a lot of people say, well, you guys coaches promote, you know, getting up in the morning and getting that out of the way. But then you tell the kids they need eight hours of sleep. Well, yeah, go to bed. If, if you got to be there, you got to go to bed earlier. Yes. If you're going to go on a trip and you and your wife are going to go on a trip and the plane leaves at five in the morning, you don't stay up till midnight or one o'clock in the morning and try to get two, three hours of sleep and then get on a plane. So you, you, you get your stuff packed, 
and you get to bed earlier because you know it's going to be a long day of travel. And the same thing we preach to our athletes then is, hey, you know you got to train in the morning and you got to come in these three days, then you're going to have to make some choices here if you really want to get the best out of your train, training experience and make sure you're hydrated, make sure you get to sleep. And we say, come in three days a week, give, it, give us your best, and that's going to enhance all the athletic, all the sports that you do. And we're not going to run you to the ground. We're not going to overtrain you. We want what's best for you. And that really, well, you've never traveled with the bots, Dean, because sometimes we do stay up a little late because we sleep on the plane. But as far as like training wise, if I we wish gotta... I could sleep on a plane. <laughs> but I, I agree. And I think one of the main excuses that our coaches or adults use is I don't have enough time to work out, which I could say this after going through 75 hard, you actually have more time because like you said, you make it a priority, you schedule it. So if it's something that's important to you, you'll do it. And same with the sleep part that you touched on, Dean. Kids, you, you know, if you have to be there at six, you know, you have to get up probably like five, five fifteen to make sure you get a little something in you for breakfast and get over to the facility. So, you know, when you have to get up, it's not like, you know, you're sitting there and at, at six o'clock at night, you're getting a text from the Kimberly staff saying, we're training at nine tomorrow morning. So then you can stay up or we're going to train at six. You know, every day that you have to train, what time you're supposed to be there. So it's either important to you or it's not. Sleep is either important to you or it's not. You can't say that, well, sleep is important to me, but I want to stay and play video games. So you're taking away my sleep. No, it's your choice to stay up late. So then you have to train through that. And we've all done that. We've all made the mistake of staying up late when we have to go train. Now you got to train through it and fight through it because that's, that's adversity. And we want to minimize those things as much as we can, but that's your choice. And that leads into Dean, the second part of, of kind of scheduling and why we try and stay off Fridays. From our perspective, we encourage our kids to come in a minimum of four days a week in the summer. And we try and go Monday through Thursday for the same reason you talked about. Because a lot of kids are doing AAU. They're doing travel baseball. They're taking vacations. But think about what you talked about with your families that if they own a cottage or if they have a, a vacation home or something like that, if you train, like we talked about at six in the morning or 7 a.m. or even 8 a.m. in the morning, you're done by 9.30 or 10. Thursday can be your travel day. You know, you can pack up at noon and you can go. Now you have Thursday evening and now you have a three-day weekend. You can come back at, you know, five o'clock on a Sunday night, okay, and then still get all your stuff in for the next week. So now you typically, like if you have one of those, you have a vacation every weekend. But what we've seen with Friday, most kids just aren't going to come. And in, in all reality, they shouldn't come if they're doing AAU sports, if they're doing travel baseball, because that should, that should be a priority in their life too. Because a lot, your parents are paying a lot of money for their kids to do that. They need to be there. They, they need to be at those things. If, if you're investing, that's why I look at AAU and travel ball. You're investing in, in your child to go play and be coached and things like that. So and I know you guys stay off Fridays as well. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, the important thing is, I think is, you know, first of all, athletes, no matter how busy you are, you got to train. Right. That, that's a must. It's just like we've had the situation when we had the, the podcast on in-season training. You know, you have to train in-season. Same thing with the summer. You have to train in the summer. You have to be consistent throughout the whole year. 
So it can't, we, we'll see those situations with this. Hey, this kid's so, so, so busy. Well, guess what? Play, 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 play isn't going to develop you. Right. Yeah, you're going to get a little bit better in your skills. But however, sometimes it's play, 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 fun, 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 less fundamentals, and then no athletic development from a standpoint of being able to be more powerful, to jump higher, run faster, and everything else. So unless you are just a freak athlete and you have so much genetics, it's not going to work for you. And even if you are one of those individuals, you're still cheating yourself because if you're doing both, you're going to get more bang for your buck and you're going to improve at a much better level. I just saw something out there for baseball players, for example. Hey, why do some kids go D1 and some guys have to go D2 and 3? It's because of the physical development of the athlete. That's why they get to that level. And we see it in every sport. You know, hey, in football, you, maybe if you're a lineman, hey, they're looking for 6'4 or bigger if you want to play in the old line and D line. And, you know, you want to be at least 260, right? Usually two. 270 you know they want big human beings the badgers aren't recruiting guys that are six foot six one six two that are 250 pounds right they want big big individuals so you know all of that is important you got to train you got to obviously keep getting better and better and better and yes your sports skills are important but i think too many go one way or the other too many do too much training and they don't do enough skill and then some are play 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 and don't do any training I think it's like you put the steak on the grill, Brian, you know, if, if you don't cook it enough, it's no good. If you cook it too much, it's terrible. You got to have just the right amount there. And then you can control that again by taking care of your body. Dog talking about steak. I'm getting fired up. I'm getting fired up. Oh my gosh. Um, so just last, last quick topic here, Dean is just focus. Like what, what are some of the things that you guys you know, and I think we touched on a little bit at the beginning that you guys really like to focus on from a developmental standpoint in the summer. I talked about ours for us, to me, it's absolute speed. And I would throw acceleration into that, but I think our kids get better at acceleration, the better their jumps are. I think the research will definitely support that. And then their absolute strength. We just want to get them stronger. And I, I was really fortunate, Dean. I think, you know, you know, this, I was on the, the Strong Life podcast with Zach Evanesh. And we, we really dove into this topic about the, the talk and the, the, the term, well, how does that transfer to the field? And my response to this, and this is how I feel, strength coaches and in, in, in the weight room, our job is to get their physical parameters better. What, what, you know, we want to make them more durable. That's our first focus, right? We want to be able to keep the kids on the field. And then we want to increase their physical parameters. We want their numbers to go up. That's, that's their game day in the weight room. You know, do they get stronger? Is there, is there squat or, or whatever, whatever exercises you deem as important. We use the squat, the deadlift and the bench to evaluate if our kids are getting stronger or not. Are, is their power increasing? Are they able to produce more force? Are, so is their jumps getting higher? And then is their speed going up? So when a coach says, well, oh, I get he, you know, his vertical went up six inches, you know, he's, you know, three tenths faster in the, in the, in the 40, his agility times are better, but how does that transfer to the field? Guess what? That's your job. We're giving you a better product. So our focus is on producing a better product. And I would have guessed Dean and Kimberly, that's kind of your same thought process, but coaches, we're not taking hockey sticks into the weight room. Like, this isn't like, 
you know, uh, like a circus training type thing that we're trying to do. We're just trying to get kids physical parameters better, make them more durable. That's our focus. And then coaches in, it's your job, your job as a sport coach to take that product that is better. You know, so you have a sophomore, now he's a junior, that product should be better. Now it's your job to do more with it. Would you agree? Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the skill of a you know, big thing we always say is the skill of your sport is more important than anything. However, you have to have both. You have to have both. And it goes back to what we said is that's why the strength coach has got to work with them, you know, with the team, you know, the sport coaches and that, you know, you, you don't have to be like working every day, but you got to be on the same page and sport coaches out there. If your kids aren't in a weight room, that's on you. That's on you because, you know, let's be honest, not everybody loves the weight room. Not everybody loves the training part of it, but they love their sport. It was one of the biggest things that, you know, I think is really different with a lot of football kids. A lot of football kids really love the weight room. But when you look at a lot of the other sports, they love their sport a lot more than the weight room. And you have to be able to understand the why is, the why of the weight room is going to help you in your sport. And the sport coach has got to understand, yes, I'm going to work my tail off and get these kids to develop their skill. But the weight room is a huge proponent of that. And once everybody's working together, the kids understand the why, then the athletes got to control the how. You know, when you do your reps in the weight room and you have your effort, you have to control that. Are you moving that bar 100% concentrically? Are you jumping of 100% effort? Are you doing the exercise with great technique? You know, to me, when I think of training, and yeah, we're working on speed, we're working on power, but whatever we choose to do as a program, we want them to get really good at the basics. It's really good. And I, it, it goes back when I coached, lots of different sports is I want them to be fundamentally sound and I want them to be able to do it over and over and over. Cause then they don't have to think. And that's just a great way. Kids are more athletic on the field, the diamond, the court, the track, because they know what they're doing already. And when you have to think as an athlete, that slows you down. Correct. That slows you down. So you have to have that repetition. You have to work on a technique, but then, Everyone's going to be different. You know, a six foot eight guy's technique in the squat's going to look different than a five foot four guy's weight room and, and et cetera. So we all have different body types, different mobility, but regardless, athletes don't compare yourself to other people in the room. Everybody can get better. Just control you, be in the present and just get better than you were the day before. And coaches, when you get knowledge, you know, the big thing with that is you go to clinics, you're listening to this podcast. The purpose of knowledge is action. It's not knowledge. So how do you take the things we're talking about, Brian, and take them back to your setting and then make your program better? Don't do power cleans because, you know, LSU is doing power cleans in their baseball program and you're a baseball coach and you're going to do power cleans for that reason. Or Nebraska's, you know, doing a specific type of exercise and now you're, you're the high school coach and you're going to try to do Nebraska's program because they do it. It doesn't mean it's the best fit for your program, for your coaches, for your athletes, for your knowledge base and what you're comfortable. Make sure the kids are safe and then make sure they're doing the technique good 
And then remember, it's all going to be about being consistent. It's a slow process. You don't go to a one session, a camp, a clinic, a nine-week program. If there was one size fits all, everybody would be doing the same thing and everybody's doing lots of different things and everybody's getting lots of great results. Well, Dino, I think those are some great things, you know, for our coaches to think about as they're setting up their programs. Now, we didn't talk program design, Dean. So I think in the future, you know, when we talked about exercise selection, I think, you know, we got to hit on that a little bit, probably in another podcast, because we're kind of winding down here. But anything else we got for Fox Valley throws coming up here? Uh, June, we got some, June, we got some Fox Valley throw sessions. We'll have them all summer. You know, it's a great opportunity for pirate. For parents, they want to get their kids some extra instruction. And if you know, if you want to throw, you got to throw a lot. And you want to throw with people that have the same passion and want to learn and, and get better. So we'll have <clears throat> plenty of opportunities for people, middle school all the way through college. We got some college kids signed up as well. So we got some, you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers. It's just a great opportunity to learn with lots of different coaches there. And uh Summer, I think, is the best time for athletes to really make that improvement. We talked about the summer training today. Not only physically can your body change a lot, but if you get out there and outwork your competition, it's a huge competitive advantage, Brian. And Dean, we see it, at least I see it, when I go to different track meets of kids, the, the throws, a lot of the kids are, are really strong. You got really strong kids in the throws, and some kids throw 5, 10 feet farther than other, and it's all technique. You know, you can't just go in there and pick up something heavy and throw it. Um, there's, there's a way to do it. And there's no doubt for those of you that are, that are looking across some of the leaderboards in our state, uh, a lot of the Fox Valley throw throws club kids are at the top of those. And there's a reason, and that's my man that I'm talking to here uh, and, and his staff and the guys that work with them. Cause I know you're the other guys that work with you do a great job. For those of you guys in summer training at sports advantage, um, you know, over the last month, for those of you that follow our Twitter uh, you could see, you know, what we're doing with kids' power production as far as their their jumps. We've got two kids that jumped over 40 inches. Our goal, Dean, and you're going to hold me to this, we got our goal is to have 10 kids jump over 40 by the end of the year. And our goal, females, by the way, we have two girls right in the cusp of a 30-inch vertical. Our goal is to have 10 girls over 30 inches by the end of the year. So males, females, you want to build that bounce, um, you know, we know, we know how to do it. And Brian, I want to thank you again. You know, Logan Bruss has just said all positive things about your training. And obviously with the, you know, your professional athletes that are working at Sports Advantage on Wanakee, you know, I, I just really appreciate that. He's super excited for his opportunity getting drafted by the LA Rams. And, you know, I know you have just the utmost respect when I told you Logan was first class in his work ethic and his preparation and, and just the person that he is, you know, you just said, called me after the first workout. You said 100%, 100%. And uh, we're so proud of him at Kimberly. You know, that, you know, we call it Maker Nation. Yep. You know, anybody that has any success, and obviously, you know, that's at the highest level of any sport. But we have so many athletes that work extremely hard. Coaches work extremely hard. And everybody and parents just doing everything that they can you know, to help their athletes get better. And, and I just want to just let everybody out there know that just have an incredible summer, spend that family time, athletes get better. And, uh, and we're looking forward to the next podcast coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Maker Nation is really happy. And, and tonight I'm going to be hanging out in No Shoes Nation. So 
we're going to, uh, we're going to do that. But coaches, you know, take that, take what we talked about, make sure you have good goals set for your summer program. Make sure you have everything in place. Make sure you put people in a position where they can lead and put kids in a position where they can come to your sessions. Don't, don't try and fight, you know, and make them decide whether or not they can come, give them those Fridays off. If you can let them, let them be kids and things like that and keep everything focused in. So that ends this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast, and we will see you next time. Chop it!